Welcome, everyone. Excited to have all of you here. Uh, a little bit nervous. First one. Uh, how do you guys feel? Here. Please be here. <laughs> <Yeah>. Likewise. <laughs> Good. All right. I want to introduce myself. Uh, as you've seen in the previous videos or video, uh, Doug Sordo, Equity Capital Home Loans, and I'm the host with Coffee with Pros. We got Mike Nevera here. Hello. Carl Grande. Welcome. And Maria Mendoza. Hi. So you guys want to talk a little bit about yourselves? Let's see, let's start with Maria. <laughs> <laughs> Put me in the Tra spot. Trial okay. by fire. <laughs> so you're, work, you're with Remax Champions? Yes, uh, I am part of a um, husband and wife team. We are realtors with Remax Champions. Um, I am an experienced realtor with a 30-year career in marketing and sales with Fortune 500 companies. And my job has always been to negotiate million-dollar contracts. So we are passionate about building very strong relationships with our clients. Um, when you hire a realtor, you're, you're trusting that realtor to handle the whole process professionally, and that includes details from um, negotiations, and marketing, loans, uh, escrow, and communications throughout the entire process, that is so critical in making the uh, uh, transaction successful. So we, we know how to negotiate in this market. We know what we need to do. And when you hire us, you're hiring two very experienced realtors who, have, who know what they're doing. And we are very successful at what we do, and we are available 24-7, so you're getting two of us. <laughs> wow. Two for the price of one. Two for the like. price yeah. of one. I can, I can vouch for that. Uh, I get emails at 2, 3 in the morning, and I'm still awake, yeah. and I'm acknowledging them. <laughs> well, thank you, Maria. Thank you. Yeah, Carl, tell us a little bit more about yeah, Grand Financial. So, uh, Grand oh, Capital. Sorry. And... Um, I'm the founder and lead advisor of Grand Capital Management. We're a financial planning firm. We specialize with families and small business owners in facilitating um, their financial planning, cash flow, uh, investment management, pretty much every aspect of their financial life. Um, most of my clients are either real estate investors or small business owners, so we have a tilt towards servicing that market. And um, we found that most people... Um, this being a real estate podcast, are in line and have values related to real estate and owning real estate. So I think there was, I think 90% of millionaires do so by real estate acquisition. And that's something that um, we found that a lot of our clients are pursuing and um, want more uh, information on, on how to, how to best approach that. So um, happy to be here and um, happy to help these other people with you guys um, in the mix. So happy to have you here. Welcome. Mike. Yeah, well, I'm with Liberty Tax in Tustin. Uh, it is a franchise-owned business, and I am part of uh, 1,500 locations throughout the United States. In fact, Liberty Tax happens to be the third largest franchise, Liberty, you know, next to H&R Block and Jackson Hewitt. So uh, you generally, we generally specialize in individual tax returns. We do small businesses, mainly your sole proprietors, Schedule C's, and every now and then we'll have an LLC or sometimes an S-Corp that's in there. But for the most part, it's usually individuals who come into our group there in Tustin. So if you happen to be in the area, come by. If you need tax advice, we give you free tax advice. We don't charge you any tax advice 
fees or anything like that. We just charge you to do your tax return. That's it. So we'll <laughs> be happy. And I'm happy to be part of this group of professionals that we have to sort of demystify the maybe the the mystery behind how to get into your first home or how to get into a home or what goes along in the process of buying a home or why they need to do it if I need to buy a home and what to expect. Mm. Perfect. Thank you, Mike. Uh, as you know me, we've worked in the past together, uh, Doug Sordo with Equity Capital Home Loans. I'm a mortgage broker. Uh, the difference between a lender, a bank, and a mortgage broker is that we work for the customer. We work for the buyers. We work for the homeowners. And by this, I mean uh, we're considered their their mortgage specialist versus we answer to them. When 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 a customer deals with a bank, for example, they're, they're, the bank's allegiance is tied to the shareholders, tied to the investors. Shocker. <laughs> My allegiance is solely to the homeowner, to the to the buyer. Uh, we are approved with various investors, and if one investor doesn't perform, then we move that buyer and we move them to a different investor. So we always ensure that we work with the investors that will in turn help us help our buyers. So that's how we differentiate from, of course, a bank, a, a retail lender, but also pricing. Uh, if you look at these big companies, they have amazing apps. So you can, you can apply through your phone, you can apply online, but you don't have the, the, the person to person interaction. Like you're dealing with AI and ultimately the, the home, the homeowner or the consumer is paying for that technology whether you know it or not. And that's all baked into the pricing. That's why I urge individuals to work with a local mortgage broker like Equity Capital Home Loans and always get that loan estimate checked out. Because when you do that, you'll see the disparity between the two. And yes, we're a smaller local brokerage. However, we don't we don't need to be, you know, driving around expensive cars, million dollar cars, yachts and all that. We're here to help the community and help the homeowners. And first-time home buyers as well. So the message about you know this collaboration of of getting all these professionals here is you know all of us is to I call it the home buyers dream team because I believe we are. We've worked on separate occasions, individually, and I feel that when our powers combine, we become something greater. And I think we can benefit the the home buyers and the homeowners. For example, with Maria, like you said, you can you can help with your expertise, negotiate great deals on for buyers versus a buyer just thinking that they can go to a listing agent and get a great deal. That's not always the case because the 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 listing agents allegiance, again, I like to talk about allegiance, yes, is with the seller. So the one who benefits from that double dual agency transaction is the real the, the real estate agent because they're double ending the transaction. Sure, they can throw a bone as a 1% credit back to the buyer, but ultimately they are working for the seller. So this is where your expertise comes into play. You negotiate, you grind with Vincent, and you guys <laughs> will stay there working till That's 3, 4 true. in the morning. That's you guys true. won't sleep. That's true. We've, wow. we've written offers at 2 in the morning, gotten them accepted at 8 o'clock in the morning. So, yeah. And most of the time, it's the communication. These offers get accepted because they see the communication that and the diligence that Maria and Vincent have. And they've told her and Vincent, hey, we well, the, the buyer is, uh, excuse me, the seller is choosing to take your offer because of your diligence. Like, we know you're going to be on top of it. Right. So this is why the seller is choosing your buyer's offer. Mm -hmm. mm, solid. So, so solid. her batting rate is amazing. 
So so moving on with with Carl, you're the money guy. You're 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 the one that facilitates a cash flow. You find ways to to find that cash flow. Yes, so, yes. The budget. Absolutely. No, I've have I have um um my mind's eye is focused on the angles, right? And where to find the money. So finding the money and then creating the cash flow to allow for not just one real estate uh, transaction, because that's just one part of a client's values, right? Mm-hmm. There's new cars, there's vacations, right? There's college, there's um, loss of income in retirement, right? So facilitation of all those different um, actual life circumstances is where we've been trained to identify the angles on how to best um, navigate through each of these financial industries, right? So real estate being one, real estate being the predominant um, goal or asset that we use. Um, and it's been really nice, you know, sitting with uh, people who supposedly need financial advice, right? Uh, I've been sitting on the other side of that table uh, for 10 years who need advice, but these people have a lot more money than I ever had, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's been a very humbling experience to see all that. But um, the money situation, the cash flow, uh, the directing of the cash flow, that's probably more important than investment return. I think a lot of financial advisors speak on investment return when they really should be talking about the B word, right? The B word is not a bad word. It's right. Budget, right? right? It's more like cash flow plan. If you can cash flow plan uh, properly, you can steadily see on a month to month basis that your goals and your objectives in life are going to be fulfilled, but you have to manage your money the right way. And um, it starts with looking at yourself. It starts with looking at your values and aligning your values to your finances so you can then concentrate your efforts on the things that you want to happen. And if you do that, then you can take actionable steps, right? So um, I'm big on information, providing information and getting people to understand and see that there is light at the end of the tunnel, just a matter of, you know, educating them first on what outcome is being produced. And then once we know what outcome is being produced, we can then you know, have information to make better decisions and actions. So with what you said, that's that's key right there, which actually connects Mike into that that piece right there. Mm-hmm. Saving money. That's yeah. that's where you find the strategies yeah. on how to save that money. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a couple of things in real estate that maybe not a lot of people know about or or so. So, you know, the first of all is basically the tax code. The tax code is written in such a way where they want you to get married, have kids and own real estate. That's the dream of America, right, guys? Mm-hmm. So um, when you basically purchase a home, uh, you can. most people who purchase a home can do what's called itemized deductions now at this point. So I'll give you an example. If you have a married couple, maybe makes combined total of $100,000 a year, their total combined standard deduction is $24,000. In other words, on $100,000, they're only taxed on $76,000. But let's say you buy a half a million dollar home and let's just use a very simplistic example. So first of all, um, when you now finally can go above $24,000 in deductions, you, you do what's called a process called itemization of taxes. So what you do basically is you take the, let's say you're paying 5% on that 500,000, that's $25,000, right? So you can take that, you can subtract that. And then that's that's already more than the $24,000 standard deduction that you have. And then it's likely you're going to pay maybe $7,500 a year in real estate taxes. 
right? And you're going to be able to now be able to deduct the state taxes that you're being taken out of your W-2s if you're a W-2 wage earner or the state tax that you paid if you're self-employed. And so it, that is capped at $10,000 for the year. So $25,000 in interest and $10,000 in um, property taxes. Yeah, SALT, which is uh, you know state and local tax that you're paying is $35,000 that you can subtract from your income. Now you're being taxed on $65,000 instead of $74,000. So, you know, if you look at it, if you're in the 25% tax bracket, 25% of $35,000 is, oh, I mean, a little over seven grand. Is that right? 3,500 and 3,500? Right around there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so you're going to be able to save seven at least $7,000 a year in taxes, which you take that and you divide it by, let's say, 12 months, that's just under $700 uh, a, a month that you'll be able to save. So if you're worried about a $3,200 rent payment going up to $4,000, you can save just in that alone. So that's the kind of a thing that we look at. And then on top of that, at the end of five years, if you sell your home, you're going to get on, a married, on that same married couple, you're going to get a, a, a capital gain exemption. In other words, if you, if you sell your home for more than – for at least, you know, for and you, and you gain at least $500,000, that $500 comes out tax-free to you. So I, I like to scour the internet, uh, Reddit, for example. Uh, it's a lot of smart people there, but at the same time, there are some people that are just <laughs> doom and gloom. Uh, but I so enjoy reading their content. Anyway, uh, I know there's a little section called RE Bubble. Not sure if you guys have uh, checked it out. It's real estate bubble. And a lot of people, some great information there about, you know, pr pricing correction, price drops and all that. So uh, just wanted to share a little bit more about that. And actually, uh, some misconceptions that some people have, for example, does everyone qualify for a standard deduction? Like, for example, there's a lot of information that I've been reading about that some people just claim that it's better to be a renter versus yes. buying a home because some people believe that the standard deduction, they, they don't make enough to basically take advantage of that deduction. Right. What do you have to say about that? Well, well, the standard deduction is created every year by Congress. They always uh, agree to either usually increase it, you know, by maybe $100 or $50, $100 to $150 every year. So um, so everybody, as long as you're married as a couple, you get $24,000, which comes out to about 12000 It may increase in 2022. And it might increase, like I said, by $100 or so, but it comes to around that. And everybody gets it. So, But not a, pe a lot of people take advantage of it because they don't know how to take advantage of it. Before, you know, what come into play is we are we only talked about one portion of what's be able to deduct from your tax returns. Uh, and that would be your real estate interest. If you had mortgage insurance, that could be deductible as well if you don't put, a, you know, more than – 20, if you don't put more, uh, at least 20% down, if you put less than 20% down, you're going to have mortgage insurance on your home. Uh, mortgage insurance expired in, I think, 17 or 19, but it has been extended since, right? Yeah, they, they always talk about whether it's extended or not, but that's something I wouldn't hang my hat on because sometimes eventually it'll come off, but it's off and on. So, so, so what you're saying is that sometimes PMI is not a bad thing. Right. It's not a bad thing sometimes. Because there's a the negative connotation on PMI. You Obviously, PMI for individuals that don't know is... The, it's, it's some sort of insurance that the, the lenders provide in case it protects them against any future default right. or closure. They're protected. The investors are protected. So uh, the negative connotation on PMI is like my payment's going to be three, four hundred dollars more ver by having PMI. Well, if you're putting anywhere 
twenty uh, percent or less uh, as a down payment, you're required to have it. There's other way, alternatives to to buy it out, but it will cost you about fifteen to twenty grand. So the way you know property values have been in the last two years, you could have eliminated PMI within six to twelve months. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to be now, but nonetheless, this is where the tax specialist comes into play because if you have a good one, they can go ahead and they can look at your scenario and say, hey, you got PMI, you can deduct it. Right, right. And I want to add to that. Do you mind if I jump no, in just ahead. for one second? So, because I, I see the scenario all the time, and I just actually gave an example the other day. It's like, okay, do you want to spend thirty thousand dollars on rent with no deductions, or to Mike's point, spend sixty thousand dollars but get forty thousand in deductions, right, through property taxes, uh, mortgage interest, um, and uh, th- those two things are going to equate more. Um, especially on the front end of amortization schedule, which is when you first buy the house, right? Those taxes are going to be really, really, um, those deductions are going to be prevalent. So I think the tax specialist, um, again, working with in conjunction, right, with the other professional to understand and educate the consumer on how to best uh, navigate that, right? The the deductions that we're going to get plus managing the cash flow, um, those go hand in hand, right? You have to make sure that you're getting the full spectrum related to that. Um, but the renting, you do not get deduction for renting. That's no. just the bottom line, right. you know? And right. I think we know rents don't decrease, right. right? Like values fluctuate, but rents, pretty steady trend line up if you look at the trend. Quick disclaimer. Well, started, oh, I was going to say rents just started going up 10% right. as of uh, August 2nd. So, and they're not coming down. Right. We're not you trying know, to persuade anyone to buy a home, but if you think no, renting there, is for just, you, it's for you. Yeah, <laughs> no, there's just so much misinformation right, out right. there. You know, everybody means well, your friends and family, everybody means well, but if you're going to, you need to get educated. When you read the headlines, read the entire article. Make sure it's about California. And make sure it's a credible. You know, yes, it's a cur- source, credible source. Source, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, having a team like us, I mean, it's, we're professionals, so you have us, we're all here. Um, any questions, you know, you have to source the resources Exactly, now, so. right. And yeah. I'm always going to be coaching my clients when, whenever they come to me. I had a single guy last year, retired Navy man. He went and worked privately after a while into a, some government contract, making about $120,000 a year, still renting in, you know, South Orange County. And the problem with him is, hey, he's at a point in his life where, you need some deductions, and the standard deduction is not going to give you any justice on your tax bill. So one of the things that I said, hey, you might want to just buy a house because you can afford to buy one now You know, with that, even if it's a small condo uh, in where you live. So those are the types of things that you know you can – I can probably start that train towards that, and then I can maybe refer them over to a realtor, refer them over to a financial planner, however it is to make sure that they are comfortable with that decision to go into finally buying a home. Right. Well, that yeah. client finally did buy a house. So nice. Congrats and to it them. works out. Yeah, yeah. That, yes, that, that's pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, And that helps out with what I was telling them is this, hey, if you want to take advantage of that, you know, all those deductions and not give your money away to Uncle Sam, uh, let me take a look at your, you know, at your uh, – at your financial picture to see if you qualify for the loan. And you can even check it with your financial planner to see if it falls within the, you know, the purview of uh, your ultimate goal when you retire in life, you know, and uh, if it falls into place, then that's what you should be doing. So So this is perfect uh, for both you, Carl and Mike. 
uh, working in conjunction with you guys or, you know, mm-hmm. individuals like yourselves with existing homeowners, rates are high right now. And a lot of people say, hey, it's not worth it worth it for me to get out of my 2.875, my 2.5 rate and jump into a four and a half, five percent rate to pay off my debt. That's a lot of pushback. And a lot of people are actually hunting down these loans because there's let's, let's face it, it's slowed down. And everyone's hungry, everyone's desperate, so they're trying to push these refis, 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 because there's none. They're dry. It's dried up, man. I I don't I don't push those. Uh, only welcome customers that are willing to consider it, and you know it's our job to educate them. But sometimes it makes sense. We we had a client together. Uh, he had four one k loans. He had car loans, credit high interest credit cards, and he went from a two point seven five. I think his rate jumped up to 5.7, 5.75, but it made sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is where you stepped in. You, you, we, we work together. We work together, and we made it happen. And and he's happy because even the, despite the fact that his rate went up, his payment went up, he eliminated all that debt. And I believe he was still saving about six hundred dollars after his consolidation. Oh, I think it was actually more than that. But wow. I think one of my buddies told me he's also in the mortgage business. He said that the rate is only as good as what it does for you, right? So the rate is going to give you the opportunity to deduct more, right? right? The al- also the thing, too, is when people understand debt, um, not just uh, like their mortgage debt, but the, the total debt or the rate on their consumer debt, 6% is a lot less than your revolving credit cards, your installment loan, right. and some auto loans, right? And it could be equivalent to your student loan and also your... Um, 401k, 401k loan, loan exactly. right? So, so in a situation, the only way you're going to be able to actually know how to figure out the cash flow situation is if you do the math and number crunch. Um, but then there's still insecurities with consumers to say, is this the right thing to right. do or not? Right? right. So the the best way to do that, um, there's a proverb in in the Old Testament that says, with many with many counselors or many advisors that their success, right? So I'm paraphrasing there, but it's true with, if you, if you talk to professionals and experts in the field that can help navigate and facilitate what you want to do as a consumer, right? We're going to be good to go with that. So, um, uh, I think that's, that's a big, we could, we could talk about that a lot more, you know, that particular area. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have uh, several other episodes. We'll talk yeah, about that. I think that's important because it really yeah. depends on their financial situation mm-hmm. and what their goals are for the future. I mean, real estate is an investment. So if they're planning on investing, you know, are they ready to maybe pull the money out and buy another house so they could have income property? So it's just, it just depends on their goals. And I think this leads us to the next topic, which, which is analysis paralysis. Uh, I mean, Maria, share a little bit about that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, there's just so much misinformation out there. You know, everybody thinks they know what's going on with the market. Um, we, Douglas and I, have had a couple situations lately. Uh, the, the doctor, the last one we just closed, where she was on the fence and she just could not make a decision. And we advised her to go see, talk to her CPA. Once she spoke with her CPA, then she came back and said, okay, it makes sense. Let's go ahead and do it. And she's extremely happy with her purchase. Yeah, that, that's another thing. We had some lengthy conversations. And again, our jo- my job is not to persuade anyone to, or convince anyone otherwise to buy a home or to refinance. Um, I'm, we're, I'm a trusted advisor, and my job is to ensure that you, the consumer, the customer, the client 
is happy with what they're doing and I don't want any buyer's remorse. So mm-hmm. we're never trying to push a property to anyone. So uh, we had a great conversation and she did mention that she was getting some advice from an investor. So I asked her, okay, well, what type of investor was this? And she said, oh, this guy owns a couple homes that he bought a couple years ago. I'm like, well, how, how long ago? And she said, like, oh, 2007, 2008. Well, back in 2008, anyone with a heartbeat prior to that could could have bought a house. <laughs> so some people were lucky and they they had, you know, tenants and they continued paying rent and they still have those properties. But so I asked her, okay, what's his, his does he do that for a living? She said, no, he, his profession is, you know, in, in the hair industry. So I, and I'm just saying that just for protection and privacy of the of the investor. Uh but I said, look, you're like take advice from individuals that do this for a living. Like if this person was truly an investor and they understand the real estate market, then sure, I would have said, yeah, take their advice. He was saying for her to get into the multifamily business and instead of buying a first home. I said, she she had a CPA. I said, go talk to your CPA. Here's here's the amortization schedule. And have have him give you a strategy on how you can play around with your W4 withholdings. And I'm, I'm sure you do that for your clients, correct? All the time. All the time. I, I have a lot of people who um, are wondering, hey, you know, they're not taking off. How come I owe so much money? And I teach them a little bit of a tool about how to take deductions down and how to how to find the cash flow, like Carl is saying, uh, on by, you know, not taking out as much, knowing that you're going to save money. Uh, with the real estate, with the real estate mortgage interest and the salt tax that you have that's going on. So if you're the, the example I was giving you with that couple, if they're going to save thirty five thousand dollars a year and it's close to seven grand, you can actually afford now to take your W two down, maybe seven hundred dollars a month or so because you know you're going to get those deductions and you know that takes into play. I did mention we were just talking just a small bit of the itemized deductions. Now, if you had medical bills, it's over seven and a half percent of your adjusted gross income. You can now deduct that. Or if you're a gambler and you want to gamble and you got two thousand two percent above Let's anything above two percent of your AGI, you can deduct that. Whereas you couldn't deduct that when you were standard deducted because you weren't itemizing. So those are some of the things that were not into play before, but now they're into play because you've you've eclipsed that $24,000 threshold in that couple example that I was telling you about. So, so after they speak with a CPA, this is where, you know, we shine on the real estate transaction. Yes. So, you know, we work uh, collectively to ensure that now that the buyer or buyers have freed up some cash, future cash mm-hmm. on their W-4, now they potentially can qualify for a bigger or a, a higher purchase price. Right. And, and and that's one thing that I try to lead my first-time home buyers into doing and I'll let uh, Maria talk about that, about the stages of life that people have that I tell everybody, you start out with a starter home and you move up, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll let her explain that process. Yeah, I know. And, you know, most people right now think that homes aren't selling and they are. We're still we still have a it's a it's becoming a buyer's market where you have more choices. You actually are able to negotiate better with the um, with the sellers. But homes are staying in the market in 10 days. And if you look at year over year, um, we're still, this year, price is going to increase by 9.7%. So they're still selling. And like Mike was saying, you know, it's like stepping stones. You buy your first home after a couple of years, talk to a financial advisor, talk to a, a CPA, and then find, you know, see if it's the right time, if it's in your budget to sell and move up to what, a, another house. And, um, you know, it might be your, your forever home. 
but it's stepping stones. You've got to start somewhere. This is a lifelong uh, investment. So it, there's... Uh, circling back on that, uh, with regards to being a buyer's market, I, I think it's, and I agree with you, certain areas are hotter than others. Mm -hmm. For example, I, I think certain areas here in Orange County are, are starting to slow down a bit. Homes over 900,000, I think mm -hmm. uh, they're sitting longer. I've mm -hmm. seen a couple of homes sitting for 80 days, 85 oh, days. Wow. Uh -huh. Uh, Inland Empire, I think those homes are flying off the yeah, shelves because people flying. are moving from Orange County, from L.A., mm -hmm. San Diego even. They're moving to the Inland Empire. Yeah. And, I mean, we've seen three to six offers on on these, these homes that are listed. Yeah. Uh, I have some clients up in the La Quinta, like Joshua Tree area, and those are short-term rental properties mm -hmm. that are grossing about $200,000 a wow. year. And those are going above list price. Wow. So those are hot. Those properties are hot. So despite of what you as a viewer see on the headlines, like mm -hmm. do a little more research and, and actually don't believe the headlines because they they rule on they prey on fear. Right. So well, you if you could what Maria was talking about, you may you may go into your dream home afterwards after you buy your first home, you take the capital gain that's tax free and then you go into your dream home and then there's a life beyond that. Uh, and this is where Carl falls into play, because what happens after that generally is your kids will grow old and now you become a step down home. You're an empty nester. Right. So now you can take all that equity you gain on that dream home of yours, sell it and maybe purchase a home outright right. instead of paying that mortgage from your dream home. And now you have a house that's free and clear. OK. And that could take however many years in the financial planning process of your life. And then maybe after that. You may want to go to a retirement home. Who knows? I don't know. But I'll let Carl explain that. Aligning values to finances, right? So I help people understand what what vision they want to have for their life, right? And it doesn't always look the same for everybody. Um, but real estate, just like any other asset, is um, is used for us to, uh, um, to, to monitor and to manage, right? So in most situations... Sometimes it's not always selling the home. Sometimes uh -huh. it's also um, uh, taking cash out, right? right? So right. using the equity in the house because in that situation, um, you have somebody who's more akin to real estate investing. Well, now uh -huh. we're introducing concepts such as leverage, right? And so managing cash flow, debt management uh, with the rental property, uh, accelerating the payments um, to get to certain points. Uh -huh. I mean, one of the big things that we've done... Um, for a lot of people is introduce concepts uh, that are a little bit um, shunned or not known about, uh, such as reverse mortgage, right? So reverse mortgage is a big aspect that people can utilize in the future, but if they're renting, there's no ability to do that, right? And mm -hmm. the reverse mortgage is just like the regular mortgage, except you're not paying, right? So there, those are a little bit more... Um, in detail, like uh, some concepts that we can introduce through home ownership, but I think just knowing that assets produce income, and um, the facilitation of the best use of those assets in alignment with what you really want, I think is um, you know you have to go through those steps, and you have to. Uh, it's it's a balance between being present and living your life, and also planning, um, you know, five, ten, fifteen years down the down the road. Um, and just working with professionals just enhances that whole experience. And then maybe leaving a legacy for your kids. Yeah, that legacy too. for that's, your that's kids. So important. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So, uh, just kind of like the overall 
collaboration here, just the message that we're trying to send to the viewers, of course, is, again, our job is not to persuade anyone. I, I, I will emphasize on that. We're not trying to push an agenda. We're trying to educate. We're trying to come up with different strategies. If you are in the market, you are thinking about it within now or the next six months, that's how we encourage you to speak to a real estate agent, a financial advisor, a tax, uh, I'm sorry, a tax specialist, enrolled agent, CPA, of course, a mortgage broker. I mean, we, you can, you can decide if you want to work collectively or you want to work independently. If you already have your own professionals working uh, on, 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 the, on the sidelines for you. But uh, again, just this message is just encouragement. And I mean, I feel like this is something special that we have right here. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, podcasters over there uh, outside of this. I, I, I think everyone's doing it individually. I think when you come as a group, I think that's when you have power. Absolutely. Yeah, it's think? very unique. <laughs> very unique to have all of us in one table and be able to uh, you know, answer questions. And, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's going to get to the point where we're going to be doing this live. I know this is a recording session right now, but it's mm -hmm. going to get to the point where we're live. We can take calls. We can you know, be responding to comments like real time. And uh, I think it's just something beautiful. It's like a symphony, almost. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. man. I love awesome. it. I love it. I think it just puts it puts the consumer at the center. Right. Yes. You know, and I, I feel like a lot of times they don't feel like they're the center and they're bombarded with information. Um, and then they're left to navigate through all the noise themselves, you know. So but if they're the center um, now people are working for them, you know, and just like what you said, man, right. like how you're obligated to them. The, the point is to have the standard of best execution, right? right? So best execution um, goes cross financial industries, right? So we need right. to best execute for them in that regard. Yeah. And use these yeah. strategies, of course, to get some great offers. And then myself as a broker, I worked, I work, I work to their strengths as far as showcasing the buyer versus other competitors. We can, mm -hmm. We can work so fast that we can turn this uh, essentially buyer that's getting a loan into a buyer that seems like they're buying the property with cash because we can close so fast. And yeah. everyone's marketing that right now, that they're marketing the buyer property with cash. Uh, and, and there's a lot of gimmicks out there, you know, a lot of TikTokers, a lot of people like on Instagram, like just following this 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 fad. And I don't want to fall into that category. And I mean, no, no disrespect to anyone that is using those platforms, but I'm doing it. <laughs> me, me personally, I wanted to give like the consumer, like a platform where they can, you know, gather th this information, this education. And I've overcome a lot of fears by being here, <laughs> public speaking, of course. Uh, but I felt like I was ready and I felt like I was ready to assemble the team. And, you know, I'm excited to what the, the future bring like awaits and you know we're gonna have a lot of episodes it's not the the last one with our gathering here we're gonna have many more um any final thoughts any messages maria oh, this is great because it's no stress it's no stress for the viewers right you know you're, you're getting our attention <laughs> and um this is information that everybody needs and you know get educated and reach out to us if you need more specific information yeah, we're here. Mike? Absolutely. I agree with that. So like I said, you know, if you can't find this stuff online uh, by reading it, you can certainly view it. And this is one of the vehicles and one of the platforms that we have for those who don't really want to ask questions but need to know the answers. Right? Yeah. So, exactly. So that's uh, – and I hope that this uh, catches a lot of you and you can hit home for you and you can relate to it. And, and 
uh, emote and understand what you need to do or what you possibly can ask. You know, sometimes when I remember when I first bought my home uh, for the first time, I, I didn't know exactly what I was doing. <laughs> but now that I have been around a few while, I got the ideas and, and all that. So it's good. Yeah, I just think, um, you know, if I could say something that I think the consumer is usually worried about, I think they're sometimes they're worried about the questions that they ask uh, and what that's going to actually produce in responses from professionals, right? right. So, Are you going to hold me accountable to it? Are you going to hold it against me? Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm not always <laughs> going to tell you what you want to hear, right. but I will tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that if there are questions, we're able to answer those questions in a way that there's no fear, no uh, judgment or anything like that. You can come to us and get what you need. And that's really what I want people to understand and, and feel like this is safe too for them, you right. know, to come and get information and uh, no stupid questions, right? No stupid questions. No stupid so questions. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And th that's another thing with us as well. I, I, I didn't want to come off with on, on, like on this first episode as like pushing an agenda, having the customer like, hey, come work with Equity Capital. That's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's not the whole point of this. Mm -hmm. um, I'll have other segments special uh, specialized for the broker advantage, why brokers are better. But I wanted to showcase you guys, you know, like as a whole, and then we can have independent individual episodes so we can target the consumer on that specific area. And I think it's just very important to me. The consumer always comes first family when yes. it, obviously when it comes to work, it's always the consumer, your pocket is always last, you know, mm -hmm. and some people have it reversed. Like this, the, like I said, these big companies with these special apps, it's the the money first, consumer last, and they they figure it's okay. You know, I advertise in the Super Bowl. People know who we are. We have stadiums. Guess what? You as a consumer, you're paying for those things. So you have to realize, like, let's stop paying for these stadiums. Let's stop paying for these expensive apps. Yeah. Let's support your local mortgage broker, your community, community based brokers. That's the key there. And again, I'll I'll circle back on this like on future episodes, but. I know I also said that we wanted to talk about minorities and, you know, disadvantages. Future episodes will have that as well. So, again, I want to thank everyone here, Maria, Carl, Mike. Thank you very much for being here. It was a pleasure. I mean, no longer nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure's all mine, man. Thank, thank you, you so much. <laughs> yeah, we thank got you. rid of these butterflies. So thank you very much. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Thanks.